0: Welcome to the Form Guide, inspiring conversations about our mental health and our form. This week's guest is Catherine Switz, founder and CEO of the Stability Network. And we are going to be talking about storytelling, recovery, and advocacy. Thanks for joining. So, Catherine Switz, uh, an introduction there from Lionel Richie, Dancing on the Ceiling. Are you a Lionel fan, Katherine?
1: I am, but I always like to hear that one in particular.
0: It's a good one to get us going. I've got this theme um, for the form guide of um, 80s tracks, and my vision is once I've um, had a season of guests, I'll do a, a DJ mix of the, of the tracks to, uh, to put it together, but it's all I think 80s is kind of a, a good genre of music for kind of boosting our form and, and, and feeling good. What do you reckon?
1: Absolutely. could be a better one.
0: So thank you for joining us. Catherine Switz, you are a CEO and founder of the Stability Network, and I'm really keen to uh, get into what the Stability Network does and what it's all about and the partnership we've got with the Inside Out leaderboard. Um, but welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Great to be here, Rob.
0: So we we always start, Catherine, um, with the question that I'm uh, renowned for asking people, which is how are you today and what's your score out of 10? And for those that are tuning in and haven't uh, heard about the form score before, this is where we 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 just give a, a kind of a curious and relaxed uh, consideration of how our wellbeing is today with a with a score out of 10. Um, as we were just discussing, mine's an eight out of 10, as uh, you can see there in the background. Um, good, really good form today. I think I, I started on a seven and you know, had you know, some nice interaction with my children today and, and some smooth homeschooling, which has given uh, my form score a definite boost as we reach the end of another lockdown here in the UK. But what about you, Catherine, what's your score today?
1: I would say I'm a seven, but I'm importantly trending up. And I think that point about which way you're trending is so important. And we'll talk a little bit later about my recovery and where I am in it today. Um, But I would say I'm really thrilled to be a seven today.
0: Yeah, seven's good, and the the in bits in bits important, isn't it? I um I've got this nice little thing I do with with people on the Form Score app, where I um at seven o'clock every morning now I take a look at my friends on the app and um just see what their delta is to the average and see which way they're moving and just notice whether someone might need a check in or a um you know a, a friendly nudge, um, and I think just looking at that trend's super super important. Um seeing uh, seeing a nine out of ten from uh, Mahesh Lakhani on the chat actually, so. Good 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 to see your form there Mahesh um so um let's see if we can get you to an eight Catherine as we uh go through this this conversation I always find them very uplifting on the the form score so um well what, yeah, know, what would a perfect 10 day look like for you on form score if if such a thing exists because for me it's a bit of a bit of an ideal right sometimes but what what was what would go into such a good form day for you
1: I think um, I live with bipolar disorder with psychosis and pretty acute anxiety. And I think a perfect 10 in that regard is you know, I'm not feeling any depression, I'm not feeling any anxiety, and I'm not trending up from a mania perspective. Um, I'm healthy, I'm working out, I'm sleeping well. and my general well-being is good. I'm enjoying my work I'm stimulated I'm able to be in connection with people. Um, I'm able to really be present um, in the moment when I'm having conversations with people when I'm doing my work, when I'm off work with my son. I think that would sum up a 10.
0: Yeah and what you what I'm hearing there is is balance right it's it's a balance with lots of um, elements of, of good stuff but in in sync and I think. That's often the challenge with our form, isn't it? That we can get one area right, and then another area. I mean, it's not right or wrong. We can focus on one area, and then another area might slip by. And it's the perfect ten is 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 imbalance, isn't it? And it might not be everything at its at its sort of peak. hmm
1: mm-hmm. And I do think everybody can know their own ten and keep it out there as a beacon to say, you know, this is how I feel and look and interact with the world when I'm feeling like a ten. Um, and what are the things I need to do in my own life to get there? I think that's really an important piece of the recovery process.
0: You're absolutely right. The the beacon. I love that idea. The beacon of 10 that's that's out there. And what do I look like when I'm like that? And there's another concept, I think, that that is useful is what do I look like when I'm trending down? And I think that's quite useful for colleagues to, to share that, isn't it? So you can really understand you know, how and when somebody might need a bit of support.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think so much of the dialogue around mental health can be rooted in the negative, and I think the way we can transform it and talk about thriving and living um, is just so important. Um, again, just knowing what good looks like and feels like, and trying to attain that, I think, can be hopeful and inspiring to us individually and collectively.
0: Yeah, um, hopeful and and beacon. There's there's some some strong images there for me of you know this this beacon that's out there. Um, Jeff McDonald, who I know you know, um, talks about the, um, you know, the light boats that are sent out, the lifeboats that are sent out once uh, every story is told, and we'll talk a bit about storytelling. And I love that imagery. But you've just set another one off, which is this this beacon, this light that is out there for people that might be working at how to travel through that darkness as they find their journey to recovery. So I love that. Thank you. Um, we're going to do the quick fire round, and the quick fire round is nothing you can prepare for, but it, it goes along the lines of if mental health were a, what would it be? So, Catherine, for you, if mental health were an animal, what would that animal be?
1: I mean, the first one that comes to mind, if it's a quick fire round, is a bear who can be so cuddly and loving and peaceful, lying in the sun, uh, but also can you know can be challenging. Uh, but again, that's just my um, my first thought.
0: And it's a brilliant one it is a brilliant one the mental health bear i love it so um you know cuddly and cute and protective and yet can be very challenging and, and dangerous at times and uh, it's it's a really interesting way of thinking about it we've had some great ones for this the last week we had the the hedgehog which was a little bit prickly on the outside but quite quite soft on the end. Um, yeah, and I think it's really interesting to uh, to look at that. But I, those analogies. But I love the bear. I love the bear. I see a nice little, cute little little image. Yeah, for me, it's the octopus, um, which uh, I always use the little octopus icon, um, mainly because I think the, uh, the the octopus its brains are all over the place. You know, it's got about nine of them. It changes colour a lot, which we use in in the form score to express how how it's feeling. Um, very curious, intelligent animal. So yeah, the mental health octopus for me. Um, So if mental health were a colour, Catherine, what would that colour be for you?
1: Absolutely green. For me, green is peaceful, but it's vibrant. It's uh, the colour of life. Um, Trees play a big role in my recovery. And I just think that connection to nature, that connection to what's elemental is so important. And green is that for me. Yeah,
0: brilliant yeah i love that i mean lots of good stuff in there green is is here in the uk um the sign of mental health awareness as well mm-hmm. so it's it's wonderful in mental health awareness week we we see a lot of our iconic buildings you know like the bank of england just just bathed in green light and it looks very spectacular but you're right that that sort of connection with with nature um and again after uh, after we've been locked down and um gone stir crazy the uh, the idea of getting outside into into nature more as the weather in the northern hemisphere turns to spring is is pretty wonderful, isn't it? So green, the colour of mental health, I love that. So um, if mental health were a food, this one's a bit more challenging, I think.
1: Oh, hot tea for sure,
0: <laughs> straight away, brilliant. Why hot tea?
1: Well, hot tea gets me through lots of uh, different scores on the form score. It can be soothing um it can be bracing you know it can be um caffeinated it can be decaffeinated but for me i think again i come back to this elemental period feeling or um this very centered feeling and um tea just plays a big role in my life all the time but particularly when i'm not feeling you know at the top of my form
0: yeah i i love that you're you're it's a quick fire round but you are super quick you're the quickest guest we've had and they're brilliant answers all of them so far I, i love that I've, as you know, I've had coronavirus and and long COVID, but one of the big big travesties for me of this is that tea tastes awful to me now. Um, It really does. And I'm more of a coffee drinker than a tea drinker, to be fair, but I've sort of lost my ability to drink tea. Um,
1: You might need to add some sugar. That seems to help in all uh, cases.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good, 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 good show. Um, Okay. If mental health were a song, what would it be?
1: Um, um, I don't know whether everybody will know this band or this song, but there's a song by Watershed um, that came out right as I was having my second psychotic break. And it talks about somebody just like me in in a compromised, you know, mental health situation. Um, And for me, that song, you know, on one hand, it always takes me back to that period. On the other hand, it always reminds me that I got through that period. Um, and it's just a touchstone for me. And it's a touchstone for my family, my, my son and husband, all know, we know that's Catherine's Song. And um, I'm not remembering the exact name of it, but um, it talks about somebody just like me going through a hard time and happened to come out in the public exactly at the time that I was.
0: Brilliant. Um, well, we'll definitely uh, we'll, we'll track down the, the song title and put that in the, the show notes because I'd like to I'd like to hear it. And 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 when would you go back to that song? When would you choose to sort of listen to it again?
1: I mean, often it just comes up on our playlist or whatever. So it's not like, you know, on a given moment, I I go back to it, you know, in specific when I'm struggling Um it's just more you know when I hear it it it's a reminder a grounder um if that makes sense
0: yeah okay that's cool yeah I like that okay a couple more I think if mental health were a holiday destination where where would it be what sort of holiday
1: um again I all of my answers get to some sense of peace and elemental and for me that's um And I don't know if I'm answering the questions correctly, but for me that's somewhere in the woods in the snow. Um, So for me um, being mentally healthy is that peaceful moment where you're out snowshoeing or cross country skiing and you feel um, the very sort of um, just quiet and peaceful um, and you can really kind of come into your body and into your mind. Yeah,
0: fantastic. I love that. I'm sort of building up a picture where we've got you know the the snow, the woods, but we've got green, the green in the the sort of fir trees. We've got a bear that is friendly, um, kicking around. Your your song is playing, so we're building up this 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 picture. So you know, there's no right or wrong way of answering this for sure. Um, final one: If mental health were a sound, what would that sound be?
1: Um... It would have to be. There's a oboe. Well, I'll have to get this for the sound, the notes after as well. There are some oboe concertos which I always listen to um, when I'm not well, and they're very kind of loud and vibrant parts of it, and then they're very quiet parts of it, um, and it really does enable the whole spectrum of feelings that one might have when when one has a chronic mental health condition. You have the piece and you also have the kind of more jangled feeling yeah. um and some of that classical music in this case oboe concertos you know are that for me
0: yeah fantastic well we'll definitely grab those and i think classical music's really interesting isn't it that um actually can help the the brain find order at times of of distress or or, or chaos um so um brilliant that was such a good quick fire round and it's the first time i, I guess just helped me paint a complete picture um uh, of, of of a quick fire round um and you know that image is is sort of locked in my mind there catherine so thanks for sharing that we're getting some uh, some good good uh, reaction on the chat and paul Burgess likes these uh, these questions and is pondering what his questions would be as well. So uh, feel free to share those, Paul, in the in the chat if the mood takes you. Um, so so Catherine, the theme broadly here is to talk about storytelling, it's to talk about advocacy, it's to talk about lived experience of, of mental ill health and how we use those those stories to affect positive change. Um, and we're going to talk about how you, um, you know, your your way of doing that with the Stability Network. But I remember being introduced to you by uh, the amazing Alicia London uh, a little while ago now and we shared our stories and yours was very powerful and and you tell it so eloquently um, and and I was I was so impressed with you know how you have been a campaigner for so long, you know, from, the, you know, ment- mental health is almost a little bit popular here in the UK, which is great, which is a great thing. Um, and it's sort of exploded and people like me have got involved and it's great. But you've been doing this for a long time, um, born out of your personal story. So can you talk us through that journey as much as you're happy to share right now?
1: Absolutely. I was diagnosed with my first psychotic break when I was at Harvard Business School. And I landed in the hospital um, on a 72-hour hold. Um, and I was there for a week. And at the end of it, I asked the doctor, the psychiatrist at you know, I was at Harvard Medical School basically, you know, could I go back to school? Could I take my job offer at McKinsey? And he kind of said, he put up his hands and said, you know, I don't know. It could go either way. And around that time, my mom gave me a book called *An Unquiet Mind* by Kay Redfield Jamison, and I literally held that book up to the social worker um, when I was checking out of the hospital and said, "You know, I have no idea how this woman." Came back from a psychotic break and went on to this very esteemed career, but I'm going to do that too. Um, and I had no idea how. I didn't have any role models. I went back to school. I didn't tell anybody about what had happened. Um, it was as I had been in the hospital, you know, in the hospital, but I didn't say, you know, what kind of hospital or what I was living with then. Um, and it was a very difficult time. And flash forward about 10 years, um, I had worked through a number of different treatments and therapies and finally had gotten to one that really had me on a pretty stable path, and we'll talk about what that looks like in a minute, but I realized that people like me had to speak out, people with a a stable regimen, a stable family, a stable job, so that all the people who were much more at risk um, in their careers or in their families um, or with their health um, could get the care they needed. Um, But I knew it couldn't just be me because one person speaking out wouldn't have enough impact. Um, And also I was terrified. I didn't know how to begin. I I didn't know anybody who had what I have, which is bipolar disorder. So I didn't even know where to start. Um, So I started sharing the idea and quickly three of us um, got in a room and began sharing our stories to each other, some of us for the first time. Um, And we realized that moment that this was something very powerful and that if we could build this into a network um, of people we could have significant impact. Um, and I had run a couple of other networks before, so I had kind of a vision for what that might look like, but we were you know, not too long ago at 20 leaders and then 30 and then 80, and now we're at 250 in nine countries. Um, and we just feel really good about the, the people we've been able to assemble to play this role as advocates
0: fantastic and um, we're definitely going to get into um, you know what is what are the stability leaders and what the stability network is all about and I'm really keen to explore that um just going back to that that book um, and and I'm, I'm feeling this real drive and passion that you were going to um, you were going to achieve and, and succeed in what you what your goal of of, of getting back and, and getting your career and doing doing the things that you wanted to do and you weren't going to you know let your mental health challenges stop you doing that what was it about that book that really um, was the catalyst for you and drove you forward
1: the it was very hard for me to read at the time just because of the treatment regimen i was on and literally as i remember it and i haven't read the book in a little while um the the first chapter just depicts her experience um in a in an elevated state and it was just that immediate ability to connect um with Kay redfield jameson the author and then it talked about um, her path from being in a challenging mental health situation to really getting to a point where she could live a healthy life, be married, be employed, and really not just kind of make it and kind of get through, but actually thrive. And yeah. I think that, that notion of thriving is really important.
0: I think it's super important. And I'm, I'm hearing hope. I'm hearing, you know, at a time where we think... Um, I, I remember with my own depression, and as you know, I'm, I'm bipolar as well, um, that I thought I was always going to feel this 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 weight of depression, this um, this inability to uh, have action, this lack of motivation, this lethargy, this swimming through what felt like you know thick quicksand just to get out of the door, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd always feel like this, and that's where loss of hope comes, and that's where my personal story got very dark, but. What I'm hearing from you is that actually you um, had this again. We talk about beacons, beacon of hope, beacon of thriving. out uh, There, that that was very strong for you and and carried you forward, and that's pretty powerful for people who are struggling. Which is um, why it's it's really important that we 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 share our stories. Um, Let's talk a bit about your recovery, um, and you mentioned, yeah, the, the nature and trees and leaves are uh, they're, they're quite important to you. And I'm keen to explore that a little bit. But talk me through what your recovery looked like, please.
1: Yes, and I should say what recovering looks like because it's something that I'm still doing every day um, yeah. and going, you know, in and out of challenging uh, situations. Um, I mean, recovery there i can share some of the inputs to recovery but and i then i think it's important to share kind of what are the outcomes or outputs from an input perspective you know it's sleep for me it's a medication regime it's um yoga exercise good diet um you know balanced work you know balanced work life situation um you know good time with my son all of that centering work um so that's kind of and and it's a daily um, it's a daily process of checking all of those boxes. I fill out a spreadsheet with my form score every night. I I write down all kinds of indicators of my mood that I track with my doctor. Um, so there's a whole kind of running always to keep that. Um, keep that in check and I can say you know as as recently as you know this fall this last fall and this winter there have been compromises to my mental health unfortunately I can't always control what what may hit me um and that then I need to readjust it's almost like you're being tackled and you're kind of moving and and um figuring out how to stay upright uh, when things, life events come your way that you can't necessarily control or prepare for. Um, So it's having that kind of regimen in place, that program in place that's so important. And I I referred to the outputs or the outcomes earlier. I mean, it really is the ability to lead a balanced life, to connect with my son, to do productive work, um, just to be in relationship with people and not to be what I call racked on a daily basis by that anxiety and depression, or, you know, have the risk of trending up in a way that may cause um, challenges.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. And what I'm hearing um, and recognizing in you is a a strong sense of self awareness that you've, you've had to build up to, uh, to, to go on that journey of recovery. And it makes me think of a lot of people now um, that, that might be experiencing challenges with their mental health for the first time in a serious way um, as a result of what's going on around us with the with the pandemic. And that 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 self-awareness that, that you've built up um, because of a need to do so, I think that's the thing that that a lot of people can benefit from building up to, yeah, you know, to work out is it sleep, is it exercise, is it connecting with our families is it being mindful is it you know taking a bit of breaks in the day to balance stress because I think whether you've got a mental health challenge or you have got moderately good mental health you can we can all benefit from that being that that proactive management can't we but you and I have had to do that to kind of survive really haven't we
1: And I think some of the data shows, I certainly feel lucky in this pandemic that I have this track record of being on this program and having this regimen and knowing what works for the most part. Um, And I think it's much harder for people who are just encountering this for the first time um, in the pandemic. So I think that's a really important uh, thing that we need to try to convey to people experiencing this for the first time, that it is possible to get better. Your form score can go up. You will feel better. Um, there are concrete things that we can all do to help, um, but that's an important message I think to people who are out there who may be struggling now.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, um, and and. The, the the fact that recovery is that ongoing process you know i, it, I had a conversation with a uh, a head of well-being uh, last week um, someone i know quite well and he was telling me of the term that's been bandied around a little bit now of well-being fatigue people are, are getting fatigued with managing their well-being and i'm <laughs> and, and i'm like this is this is incredible it's it's as if we're going to say okay I've brushed my teeth really well now for the last year so my teeth are going to be okay so I'm not really going to bother for a little while and expect to have good teeth and it it's like we've got to keep doing this you know this this ongoing management these prioritizing the things that keep us well to give ourselves the reserves to deal with what life is throwing at us which let's face it is, is quite a lot right now isn't it
1: and I would say they're very real trade-offs I mean if somebody wants to stay up and watch a show or do this or that. I mean, these are things that I just don't do. I go to bed, you know, I'm in bed by 7.30 every night. Um, so I don't want to in any way sugarcoat it and say, oh, everybody should, you know, exercise every day and sleep all this. I mean, it's it's more complicated than that. And I totally grasp that because even for myself, I get frustrated sometimes that I have to get up early and exercise or um, whatever it is. Uh, so I just, I just want, I always, when I talk about my recovery, I never want to sugarcoat it because it is an ongoing process.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so um, 7.30, I'd love to be able to get to bed at 7.30. I, I'm a kind of 9.30 PM um, at, the, at the best of times, um, but yeah, I value my sleep too. Um, so as you decided that you um needed to do more and you got together with those two other people and shared stories. What, what year was that? When was that? Just to give us some context.
1: 2007.
0: 2007. Okay. So that, that is a long time ago on the journey of, of, of smashing the stigma. So what really motivated you and you've touched on it, but what really motivated you to do that and then kind of start the stability network?
1: I think what motivated me, well, a couple things motivated me. I mean, um, you know in, initially it was the sense that there was this power in sharing our stories and breaking down the breaking down the stigma or the prejudice it was also just wonderful for me personally to be in community with these these other folks who were all living with these mental health conditions and i think as we see now in our network you know, one of the real benefits for people joining us is that they are suddenly in this community with like-minded folks who all understand and have gone through, you know, aspects of what they're going through. Um, so part of it was the desire to have impact, and part of it was because I saw impact on myself and the others who were joining um, as we joined. But I think, you know, we quickly understood that one of the key ways to address stigma is to create, as you say, these role models, because what stigma research shows is that knowing somebody in your immediate circle who's living effectively with X is what makes stigma go down. So we wanna have a stability leader in every zip code and every postal code in the world. So everybody can point to somebody and say, Not just like how I, not just that I got better. We definitely don't want people to feel like, okay, we've got all these poster children that are saying this is so easy. This is, you know, I got better. Um, But rather talking about how we got better, and that's why on our website you'll see so many profiles of people that can give people insight if they're facing depression or bipolar or schizophrenia. You know, this is how it works um, in terms of getting on a path to recovery. And when I came out of the hospital after my second psychotic break, um, I realized, you know, my husband and I looked high and low for those role models, those examples. Um, and we couldn't find them. And we particularly couldn't find people in the workforce who are balancing a mental health condition. So that's really what the genesis for our approach has been.
0: Fantastic. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, really really interesting so the power of of connection the power of sharing stories and the power of having that role model um in every zip code globally have you worked out how many people that would be
1: no i should but i haven't
0: (laughs) it's an interesting one isn't it it's 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 a lot but we need a lot um (laughs) and and we're working on getting a lot um so so just just for those that are not aware of the the stability network what, what what are the kind of goals the aims what does it look like what does it do
1: Sure. So our goal is very simple. We want to inspire and encourage people living with mental health challenges to thrive. Uh, And again, we want to show lots of examples. As I mentioned, 250 examples in nine countries, um, a website populated with tons of people So one of our aims is to build that network and train these folks as effective advocates, realizing that we need them to be out speaking, out touching people. And so we train them up in a very specific methodology so that they can go out and have that impact. Um, So it really is a matter of building that base of leaders, these 250 leaders, training them to be effective advocates. And then as we say, deploying them in communities, in corporations, um, all over the place so that people hear their voice
0: fantastic um, re- really good and, and um, very very closely aligned with the the mission of the inside out leaderboard and um, you know delighted that we're collaborating to, uh, to to help fuel our respective missions and you know for me the stability network is a great place for the Inside Out leaderboard role models, uh, who, who probably do you know a little bit less in terms of advocacy, unless they you know they want to. It's more around putting their names to uh, to a list that we say, look, we're business leaders, we have a mental health challenge, and we're open about it, and that that helps create that sort of culture change in organisations. Now, naturally, those role models are, are keen to do more in many many cases. Um, and what I love about the stability network is the fact that there's either a strong community um, for people to share experiences and stories and and create opportunities for advocacy. But then that that support and that that training. So um, I, I'm certainly inviting and encouraging all of the role models from the leaderboard to consider the stability network for, for that reason. And I'm pleased to say we've got quite a few uh, uh, signing up. What, 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 In terms of that sort of support and training, you know, what, what sort of things could someone expect to kind of, you know, has a story, has lived experiences in, in recovery and management and wants to be more of an advocate? What, what can they expect from that, that training, Catherine?
1: Yes, and I, I break it out between support and training, um, really importantly, because we have offerings in both areas. From the training perspective, we have a three-part training program where people get the fundamentals of advocacy storytelling, really learning how to tell a mental health story um, in a way that's kind of research-based. The second piece is you come and you workshop your story, so you get an opportunity to um to come and practice it and work on it with some of our experts. Um, And then the third part is individual coaching, which we provide as well. I think, um, and I just want, and then on the support side, we have monthly support calls. We have monthly sort of all network calls. Um, We can connect people within the network one-on-one to each other as we have a, internal kind of Facebook page um, that enables our leaders to communicate directly on an ongoing basis. So we have, as you say, this sort of wraparound support, that wraparound community. And then we also help these leaders find opportunities to share their story, whether it could be blogging or public speaking engagements or um, any other form of deployment. We try to help train up our leaders to do that. But I just want to underscore, particularly people who might be listening in who might want to join us we we welcome people at any stage in their advocacy journey. We don't ask people on day one to go start speaking to a huge group of people. Everybody comes in where they are, and ideally, we move them along the continuum of openness. Um, but our community is open to anybody who's living with a mental health challenge and willing to speak out about it, in paid employment, on a recovery journey, and, again, willing to be an advocate and to um, to, but we we benefit from having more people, more advocates, just because that's important to our overall mission of being able to influence more people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think there 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 is there is a lot there are a lot of people who want to be advocates. Um, and yeah, you know, I think from what from what I see, particularly here in the UK, there's there's a strong movement to break stigma, to smash the stigma. There's a strong. Um, Ethos of storytelling, particularly in the workplace, to to help do that, which is important. But then I think um, a number of the the people doing that are really keen to think, what next? You know, what next? How can I, you know, beyond my own workplace or my own my own community, how can I use this story and this passion that I have to? really make positive change. Um, and that's where I think the, the Stability Network has a, a, a huge role to play in, in in helping create those opportunities and equip people for them, right?
1: Yes, and I would say we think of our impact kind of as three circles. We have our impact on our leaders themselves, providing them support and training. Um, and we hear universally from leaders who've joined what an impact just being part of the Stability Network has one person when they were um, welcomed into the Stability Network, their workplace took them out for lunch to celebrate because they were so proud of them. I mean, it's just people really feel a sense of community and ownership. But then we also look to have impact on the organizations we speak to, um, the community we reach. And then we also have that kind of much broader social media impact, media impact. Um, So we think about it on those three dimensions.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Um, I, th- I think uh, Bill uh, Bernat has uh, commented and appreciates, uh, you know, everything happening in the Stability Network as a as a member. Um, so uh, thanks. Thanks for commenting there, Bill. Um, so I, I know when I started uh, looking at the Inside Out leaderboard um, to try and identify role models who would be prepared to put their name to a, a list that There were a lot of willing people, but it was a challenge to get it off the ground um, and and quite hard work and and remains hard work in keeping that momentum going. You were starting this back in 2007 um, and and building it up between then and now. How challenging was it? How did you overcome that? What was it like?
1: I would say it was, it was very challenging. I did it between 8 to 9 in the morning while I had another full-time job just to try to keep it going. And we started very slowly. Um, and just, I mean, we called it guerrilla networking, where we talked to somebody who would talk to somebody who would know somebody. Um, and a lot of it then was about convincing people to speak out. Um, now, it's much easier. People come to us, as you said, they already want to speak out or they've been speaking out. Um, but at that stage, you know, it was really just kind of a trickle of people who we could identify. Um, I think we were in the Wall Street Journal um, at one point, and we only had, a, you know, 20 leaders at the time and our website literally had 20 leaders and, you know, we were so proud to have them, but it wasn't, uh, we didn't have that base. So it really was what I call guerrilla networking, it was just um, being committed to the idea over time, you know, despite other, you know, challenges And, and it really now we feel like it really is coming to, you know, has momentum and there are many more people joining us which is very exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you were telling me that um, you've just launched a regional network in India, um, which me? is very very exciting. I was having a conversation in Asia today, and you know, obviously, getting into some of the more stigmatized cultures and, and territories where mental ill health is still very prevalent, but stigma is a lot stronger, um, is important. So, congratulations on that. But is that that's that's obviously part of the vision? Is to to, to look at all territories.
1: Yes, absolutely. And we also have this vision of creating regional groups in, in who are sort of self governing in each place and we have them in Canada. Now, as you know, and you in the UK in India in several parts of the US. Um, and that's our kind of approach to scaling because that then creates a node of activity and interest um, and a connection point um, at that local level.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Um, and just looking at the kind of impact the Stability Network has and um, the, the stability leaders in particular, are there, is there an example or two you could share of of, of how uh, a leader and has gone into an organization or a community and had a positive impact by sharing stories?
1: Yes, I think, I mean, for the, for, I would say there are a couple of ways to think about impact. I thought you were gonna ask a slightly different question, which is we've had people, reach reach out to us who want to join but may not be ready to join and have taken steps in their own life to get to a point where they could join and then yep. they do join and then they become an advocate. So we've seen that kind of trajectory of a person over and over. Um, in terms of where we have impact in a company we speak to or an organization, absolutely. We do surveys after each of our sessions to really gauge the impact. And there are tons of testimonials of people really saying, um, you know, this moved me. And again, when somebody, you know, one of the best, um, best evidences of that impact is when somebody in that company says, you know what, I'll stand up and do this too. Um, and so that can be a powerful indicator or what we have, what we find is, uh, people in the audience, maybe from multiple companies will follow up and ask us to come to their company. So, Um, that sort of net promoter score type idea where people are referring us or mm-hmm. signing up. Um, and the, all of that gives us hope that we're having that impact.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I love that. I, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen both in, in online events, which is harder, but in physical events definitely where um you know we have shared stories or a leader has shared a story and then other people spontaneously have shared their story back um and and that is such a powerful emotive beautiful thing because it's the the ripple effects that you see right there and the power of storytelling um i have seen it on on kind of zoom calls where um, people have been very open to the chat as well which is uh, sometimes might be a bit easier um but in a physical um, presentation type environment where it's, a, it's, a, it's public speaking and you see that happening, it's, it's wonderful because, the, again, it brings hope. It brings hope that we can actually smash the stigma and make it OK to talk about mental illness, right?
1: Yeah, and I think going back to my early point about beacons, like if we can find beacons in each of these companies that people can look to and say, wow, this person in my company who I work with every day felt you know felt comfortable speaking out standing up um that's really an ideal situation
0: yeah love it the beacons um the other thing i love is the um the hashtag you have i am living proof um which is which is wonderful i know you had a, a, a fundraising campaign around it last year which um, i was delighted to participate in um but but to, to it, it just for me it encapsulates it so wonderfully but talk me through the thinking behind that that hashtag katherine
1: Well, it is, Living Proof is one of our kind of overall taglines that we use a lot. So it was just kind of riffing on that tagline we have. Um, And I think the tagline came from the training we do is based on a book called Living Proof Advocacy. Um, And it's a very powerful book uh, that helps people take their story and transform it into an advocacy story and an advocacy message. Um, and we use that. We ask all of our leaders to read the book. All of our training is completely rooted in the book. Um, so part of it was motivated by that that methodology that we use for our storytelling. But also, like you, it just it touches us. It touches everyone. I think just this notion of being living proof that you can thrive with a mental health condition is just, it's, it's essentially who we are and what we want to show.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. There's, there's something for me around the fact that we're stating it as well, I am living proof, you know, because for years I I was probably living proof of you can still thrive by hiding a mental health challenge, which is not what we want. Um, you know, I was doing okay, but actually since I've been more open about my challenges, I've, I've thrived much more and the elements of depression or the dangerous elements of my hypermania have been less pronounced because I'm more open. And it's like, uh, almost you know if we're in that go back to the uh, the woods with the snow it's almost like we see a we see a mountain we climb that mountain the bear is kind of trundling around with us we're on top of the mountain and we're like I am living proof of thriving right and it's just such a wonderful kind of image for me it's, it's beautiful um, so yeah, thank you. I'm going to start uh, tagging you guys with that much more because I, I, uh, I love it. I love it. So you, you've talked about hopes a little bit and goals, and we want to have a stability leader in every zip code globally. Um, what, what, what does that look like for the sort of next twelve months? What is the, the sort of vision? And 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 I guess over a kind of longer five-year period as well. What's one what of the the main aims?
1: Yeah, I think. I think it's twofold. It's still growing the network. I mean, 250 is great. We need thousands. Um, so we have a strategy to do recruitment, partly. And thank you for your partnership with Inside Out is so powerful. Um, so in partnership and through our media channels, we, you know, our number one impetus is to find more people who are willing to stand up. That's the key. Um, but again, that's great, but we need those people to speak out and be effective advocates and be out there, not just joining, but actually doing. Um, and so we have a whole strategy around deployment, which again, we work with partners, we work with organizations that we that we have in our community, uh, we work through other networks. Um, so, and I, I think, you know, when people think about the Stability Network, it's it's not rocket science, it's not, um, it's not complex. We need more people out there and more venues and all of the activity, all of my activity is around trying to achieve those two things. And um, I mean, I can talk numbers that we'll get to it by the end of this year and in five years, but I don't know that that's as, as indicative. I think. Um, I think those are our two kind of imperatives.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we need, yeah, we need more advocates. We need more members, and we need more opportunities for advocacy. And let's let's keep this really simple. Um, yeah, for me, um, I, I um, my goals are in total alignment. I want, um, yeah, inside-out leaderboard role models everywhere in the world, and I want them to be. Um, where, where it feels right is, is then thinking, right, let's let's use this, the power of storytelling to, to, to be advocates and inspire others and, and be part of the Stability Network. So um, you've got my vote. I'm a stability leader and I'm very proud to be one. Uh, thank you for having thank me. Um, so how do people join? How can people get involved?
1: You can join on our website. There's a how to be involved tab and you can click on join and go that way. Um, we also have an info at the Stability Network email address um, on the website and let me just give you the website to make sure everybody has it it's www.thestabilitynetwork.org and anybody can either follow the processes in that um, you know online or just feel free to email us if that feels overwhelmed overwhelming or you're not sure whether you you know whatever if you have any doubts just email us at info at the stability network dot um, org and we really welcome anybody who's willing to be open about their mental health condition in whatever form um and in, in what into whatever audience
0: fantastic and uh, my my call to action to to people in my network is um you know if you fit that criteria and you are an advocate <clears throat> excuse me um join the stability network because it's joining a sense of community with support and you know together we are uh, we're certainly stronger So I've got one more question for you, uh, Catherine, Um, and again, not one that I've asked you to prepare for, um, but I've got this sort of vision um, of of trying to uh, curate uh, a number of kind of well-being golden nuggets, you know, the one bit of advice, the one top tip, the one top thing that you do to keep well, stay well, Um, what would your one well-being golden nugget be?
1: What's worked for me is to have a regimen and a program. And I use those words for everybody could look differently. It could have different components. Mine involves sleep and exercise and medication, but figure out what is that program for you and execute on it relentlessly.
0: I love that. Figure out what that program is for you and execute on it relentlessly. What a great note to finish. So Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you um, as a guest of the form guide.
1: Thank you. Wonderful to be here. Thank you, Rob.
0: My pleasure. So next up, we've got uh, next week, Carl Simons, um, who, uh, Carl Simons OBE now, who is Group Head of Health and Safety and Security at Thames Water. Um, So I'm going to be really looking forward to having a chat with Carl. Carl and I have uh, got a sort of loose commitment out there, Catherine, that the next wellbeing conference that exists, that there's going to have a lot of people there. We're going to put a little sign up and stand in the, the entrance and and say free hugs and just hug everybody that comes in because we both, we're both huggers and we miss hugs. So um, it's going to be a good chat with uh, Carl, but all the details for the Stability Network are going to be in the show notes. This is the form guide, inspiring conversations about your mental health and well-being. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Thank you.